you have to believe in yourself. Yeah. Um, you're going to get a lot of doubters, a lot of people saying that's not going to work. Nobody's going to be interested. But you have to just have that tunnel vision and know that with your faith and belief in yourself, you can get it done. Yeah. Again, me doing Memphis Black Restaurant Week. Mm -hmm. A lot of naysayers. Yeah. Nobody's going to support that. Why does why is the word black in there? Yeah. I mean, just so many doubtful people. For sure. But for me, it was about creating something that I felt was necessary. Yeah. That first year at Black Restaurant Week, what were the numbers? Because I remember it and I was blown away. And I know every year has just increased since. Like, it's crazy. What was the first year and where are you guys at now? So the first year, I just, I got to say this too. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping for 100 people mm. to participate because- I'm just a community <laughs> organizer. I like doing fun things in the city. Yeah. And I felt like, okay, if 100 people participate, I did something great. Yeah. We had 3,000 people participate the first year, yeah. purely from a social media campaign. $85,000 spent in one week. Wow. Everybody pretty much quadrupled their business. Yeah. It was in that moment I knew I need to be doing this. For sure. <laughs> now- the uh the restaurants that participate, what mm -hmm. is the residual uh effect after the event is done? What have you mm -hmm. seen? I know that you used to post a stat about how many people got employed, and that was probably the biggest thing that blew me away. You know, and and honest, I need to get back to that. I think after mm -hmm. the pandemic, it just changed so much. Yeah, but it really helps people to reinvest in their business. Meaning, some people are able to purchase new flatware. Yep. You know, they're able to hire new staff. They're able to purchase new furniture. Mm -hmm. Some people have gotten catering vans. Some people were able to put a deposit on a bigger venue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just seen so many amazing things that come out of that. And, okay. and them to finally invest in marketing and advertising. Yeah. They see the benefit <laughs> of it after the week. Like, oh, that's why you did all this. <laughs> What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Equity Tap Network. Listen, I need you guys to do me a favor. Get somewhere comfortable, grab a pen, grab a pad. We're going to be diving into the mindset of Miss Cynthia Daniel. Cynthia, how are you doing today? I'm good, Kelvin. How you doing? I am doing great. Look, I know we have been talking about this, and it's uh, it's cool that we're finally <laughs> able to, to make this happen. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, our goal with the Equity Tap is to help entrepreneurs raise their business IQ okay. so that they can tap into more of their business equity. Mm -hmm. okay. So, look, uh, before we get started, introduce yourself. Tell a little uh, people a little bit about you. All right. uh, and I'm curious, right? Um, Let's let's kind of twist it a little bit. Once you walk into a room, and I know a lot of people probably know your story, but once you're walking into a room more so on a networking uh, vibe, mm -hmm. how do you introduce yourself with the intention of rounding up business? I think for me, when I'm in a new room and I'm networking, I pretty much just introduce myself. I'm Cynthia Daniels. I curate cool experiences, right? Okay. Okay. And then, oh, well, what does that mean? And then I'm able to go into... Um, the type of events I create, the type of clients I have, the type of market that I'm into. Mm -hmm. But I never just want to put like my full title out there. I don't want to be off-putting, right? But okay. to just kind of bring people in, reel them in with just enough to make them curious. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. I know whenever I go into uh, networking events, I mm -hmm. always have my value proposition. Right? So oh. I'm thinking, okay, what am I trying to accomplish as I go into this meeting? Right. So I'm just curious, like I'm diving into it. I want to see uh, your yeah. thought process on, on several different levels. Okay. Listen, you have, uh, man, I was looking at your, your business and kind of some of the things that you have going on. Mm -hmm. One of the coolest things that I saw in your business is you've been able to create these massive standalone branded events yeah. under one umbrella crazy do me a favor i know a handful of your events tell me your top signature events and, and mm. how many people on a yearly basis come out to your events mm. kelvin i would say that 
my top producing event, and especially that I'm getting ready for, I would be Elixir. So Elixir has five, five different rooms, okay. eight DJs, and mm-hmm. it's just a vibe, right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. want people from all ages, 25 to 60, honestly. Mm-hmm. That's just the range of wow. the ages. Uh, they can come in the room and, and feel a vibe. Okay. Uh, so I get about 2,500 people at the Hilton. It's, it's massive. Yeah, yeah. I've but, been to several of them. But you know, but what I like is that I also cre- create these experiences where people are able to bounce around from room to room. So it never feels crowded. You okay. know, you just kind of go and flow throughout the evening. For sure. Um, I, outside of that, I would say Soulful Food Truck Festival that mm-hmm. gets about 7,000 wow. attendees. So I think between my 13 signature events and the biggest one truly is Memphis Black Restaurant Week. Okay. I'm touching at least. We needed 25,000 people a year. Wow. Incredible. And, you know, what's crazy is outside of those events, like Mm -hmm. these are huge staple events that have gotten national recognition, right? Matter of fact, what are some of the publications, like the biggest publications that you've been able to be featured in? Definitely Essence magazine. To me, that's huge. I have the plaque on the wall, right, with the cover and everything. (laughs) But it was, you know, kind of surreal. A magazine that I've been reading my entire life reached out to me and said, we want to feature something that you've created. Mm -hmm. Just incredible. Black Enterprise, I've been featured four times. Okay. Wow. Uh, right now, I'm doing this huge partnership with Eventbrite. So on a lot of their national wow. panels, okay. they were intrigued with my story. Yeah. I'll be talking with uh, DMC or Run DMC, just talking about how we create our passion and, and how do we turn into a business. It's wow. Just... How did these opportunities come about? Eventbrite, Run mm-hmm. DMC, these are, <laughs> these are huge corporations. It is. I'll tell you. So the Eventbrite thing, again... When you're operating in your gift, it's, okay. it's amazing to see how many people are paying attention to you. Yeah. So really someone for the from the Eventbrite team reached out to me back right. uh, February gotcha. during Black History Month. You know, they were basically going through their data because they can do that, right? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Have all, <laughs> they have all the insight. And they said, okay, there's this Black girl in Memphis that has done over 150 events on Eventbrite. Yeah. So I think I launched that... Uh, I think I launched that account maybe 2012, just doing okay. like free mixers, you know, up until now. Yeah. And so the guy was curious. He inboxed me and said, I'd love to interview you. And I'm okay. like, I don't know. Let me let me really dive deep into this. <laughs> he actually hit me up on LinkedIn. Okay. So it seemed a little bit more professional, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. So I responded. Uh, he set up the interview for Black History Month and just... What I do is normal. Yeah. I create events. Mm-hmm. I love um, seeing people have fun. I, okay. I'm, you know, a diehard fan of Memphis. But when people hear my story, they're like, wait, so yeah. you moved to Memphis from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. That's already a whole yeah. <laughs> thing. It's usually the other way around. Usually yeah. the other way around. Then you never planned an event until you moved to Memphis. Mm-hmm. And then you do these massive events. So yeah. it's just layers to the conversation. And so by the time we, we finish, he says, I really want you to be on this event bright uh, creatives collective. Okay. So Every year they have a cohort of just creatives that do different things. Mm. So it's maybe about 20 of us. Okay. Um, out of the 20, maybe about five African American. And so again, being in the cohorts, having conversations, they're like, oh, well, Cynthia does food events, she does it. Like none of my events match. Yeah, yeah. So they're yeah. like, well, how do you do all these different things? For sure. Right. And again, I guess my story just shines and they're like, hey, you want to be on this panel? You want to be on this panel? The <laughs> CEO. Uh-huh. Had a conversation with her, just one on one. With mm-hmm. time. okay, wow. Just it's been incredible. Yeah, experience. yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. So once you once you show up in a space like that, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, they reached out. They want they see the the, the things that you're doing, right? The success yeah. that you've created. But as an entrepreneur, I know there's always that wheel in the back of your mind that's turning. Okay, how do I 
turn this into an opportunity. Absolutely. How do you show up in these spaces? Like, mm-hmm. what is your what is your ultimate goal once you be a part of events and things like that? I think it's always making a lasting impression, right? Okay. Putting putting your game face on. I think uh, what's so funny and <laughs> it's always articulate is the word. Okay. It's the word that people want to use when they talk to us, but they can't use mm. it because it's almost offensive. Okay. What, what do you mean? I speak eloquently and, yeah. and I'm, you know, that kind of thing. You're so articulate. But <laughs> I think there always is this negative connotation of what black professionals look like. Yeah. Right. So when I'm in the spaces, when I'm in the, when I'm the only one, I have to make sure I represent for everybody yeah, to yeah, show yeah. them this is what the other side looks like. For and sure. we're about our business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is, that's a, for, and, and I think when you look at our generation, right, mm-hmm. uh, we are a lot of the front runners and breaking in some of these doors that, you know, our parents weren't able to get in. Absolutely. So we do have to carry a lot of weight when mm-hmm. it comes to showing up. We can't always just show up as ourselves, right? We got to think through, okay. It's a know, brand. How do I open the door for other people? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. yeah. Yo, what's going on, Equity Chasers? Listen, I know you guys are enjoying the episode real quick. I know that you guys have already subscribed to the channel, so that's not why I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you guys because we have some major things that we're going to be rolling out. So what I need you to do is pause the video, go down to the description. Right above the description of the video, you're going to see a link. That link is going to give you access to our email list. I need you to subscribe. So when we roll out some of these things, you'll be one of the few that can get into the room. What are we going to roll out? We're going to be opening up our studios this summer. We're going to be letting you guys come in. We're going to be letting you guys watch us record live. We also have some live events planned. We have a lot of things that we're going to be rolling out for you, the entrepreneur who's looking to take your business, your game to the next level this summer. You're going to want to hit that email list and tap in. Look, let's do this. Let's get back to the video. Thank you. So going back to some of your signature events, right? you named just a handful of them, but we also got, you know, 40 under 40, which is a Huge event, Listen, right? Uh, going up on class seven, is it now? The seventh year. Yeah. yeah. It would have been the eighth outside of 2020, right? Yeah, COVID, yeah, for sure. Crazy. How many, Um. well, I guess we can do the math to say how many people. <laughs> there's 240. Been through it. 240, okay. I guess the question I was going to ask is how many people applied this year? Because I know every year it increases and Hell increases. It's, it's almost heartbreaking and yeah. rewarding at the same time, sure. right? When you see about 1,500 applications wow. come in and you're like, but we can only pick for it. Yeah, yeah. And and my thing is that it speaks to so many things. Mm-hmm. Number one, that there was a need for this. Okay. Um, you know, me personally, I have seen 40 under 40 all over the country. It's a national brand. Yeah. But in Memphis, I would only see three to five pop up on lists. Okay. And I took yeah. I took a personal offense to that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I know I can name 10 cool black people that are killing it. Off the top of my head. Yeah. So that was me creating this space. Okay. So to still see the need for people to be celebrated, that they want to be honored. And, you know, it just shows that Memphis has so much talent here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people don't know about their stories. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, you've created a, a pocket of uh, people that really network, right? I look forward to coming oh every year. Oh, my God. It's inc- literally, especially coming out of the pandemic, Kelvin, my mm-hmm. last two you, we almost have to force people to leave the room. Yeah. You know, I think coming out of uh, the, the pandemic, there was no connection. Everything mm-hmm. was virtual. So you didn't get to see your friends. Yeah, yeah. And I I literally know, it's usually like a good 15, 20 minutes we cleared out the room before mm. COVID. Okay. Now it's like a, a hard 45 minutes. Like, look, y'all, we got, <laughs> we got to break stuff down. Yeah, please, yeah, please. Yeah. But it's beautiful to see. And I love that the room gets younger and younger. Mm-hmm. I think most galas I've been to before I created this event, 
Yeah. You know, about 10% look like us. Okay. Maybe our age. And it's just a bunch of seasoned people. I'm going to use the right word. Yeah. But now it's just so cool to see the young folks. Like, I want to be in the room too. I want to network. I want to meet this person and meet that person. It's really dope. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing experience. And I remember when you first did it, you know, mm. the the pride and really the just the anticipation pride. right the around pride. it. I was like, man, I want to be a part of it. Yeah. Right. I want to, how can I be one of the 40 under 40s? Right. And whether you know it or not, it does give you something to aim towards as a young black professional, right? That's <laughs> under 40. It's like, all right. That's a goal that I'm going for. Dude, it's so incredible that I get approached by so many people to say, uh -huh. I'm going to be on your list one day. Or I'm studying the people that are on the list. I literally had a conversation earlier today with a young professional that said, every time you announce someone, I immediately start following them. Because mm. that means they're doing some incredible work in Memphis. For sure. That means a lot to me. Absolutely. You know, to hear that. Yeah, yeah. And that's smart. You know, I yeah. look, I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump right. into the business side of it. All right. Um, I'm curious, how All long right. have you been in business? So full time, six years. Six years. Yeah. Okay. First event six years ago. Mm -hmm. From your first event now to several, you know, hundred events uh, or however many it may sure. be up to this point. What are some of the key takeaways that you've learned through this process from, all right, this is how I started, but now this thing Ooh. looks completely different. How much time different. we got? <laughs> we got as much time as you need. <laughs> oh, so honestly, um, Having some type of plan is important, right? Okay. Because I was creating a lot of things that have never been done, I was really just going off the cuff. It okay. was, I'll use 40 Under 40. Um, that was technically my second event. My first one was Memphis Black Restaurant Week. Okay. But with 40 Under 40, Kelvin, I had this vision of, stay with me. Uh -huh. If Diddy did a gala in Memphis, mm, what would it look like? Yeah. So that means the best of the best. <laughs> it means not just a gala, but now we got to do yeah, it after you set party. The standard hell we got we got to turn up. We got to mm -hmm. have an open bar. That was when I was at a venue, not at the Hilton, right? Okay. Um. So I really didn't know what that meant in terms of my expenses. Okay. I literally, again, I don't know if it was the audacity of me or just the faith I had, the crazy faith in God that mm -hmm. I could make it happen. Yeah. But um, for AV. I remember um, talking to a friend of mine, Chris O'Connor, who okay. does yeah, uh, videography. videography. Yeah, Chris. I said, Chris, who's the AV that does the uh, Regional One Gala? Mm -hmm. And so for those of you that don't know, the Regional One Gala, their tickets are like, what, $600, I think? Okay. Fundraising gala. So I'm like, my gala won't cost that, yeah. but I need their <laughs> AV team. For sure. In terms of decor, I wanted the best decor. I wanted the room draped. I mean, we're talking... Lavish, the yeah. Arthur catering, like all mm -hmm. of the things. For sure. But then when I started putting my budget together on the back end after I'm getting quotes, <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is a lot. Yeah. And I never fundraised before. Okay. But I just said, okay, we have to figure out how to make it work. And so really, that's truly why the event happened in November. Okay. Because I had this idea... It was March, right after Black Restaurant Week. Gotcha. So okay. I needed the whole year yeah. <laughs> to try to make all this money. But I think anybody moving forward, having a plan, understanding the investment piece okay. you're going to put into it, understanding if you need a team, mm -hmm. you know, how do you compensate your team? Do you have a team that just works with you, that purely volunteers, looking yeah. for experience? I mean, those are the, that's the foundation. Yeah, yeah, if for sure. Yeah. I want to ask you this uh, around the budget, and I, I typically try not to get too, too personal, but I want to ask from a standpoint of there was your second event. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people start off in business with, you know, reasonable expectations. Mm -hmm. And uh, with that budget for that event, uh, a lot of people probably be like, yo, this ain't reasonable for my second event. What was the budget for that event? Oh, if I had to really think back. Yeah. 
It was ridiculous. And I did scale down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's say we were looking at about eight, 80,000 oh, wow. to make it happen. Yeah. But here's when it got real mm. because the closer I got to the event, I didn't get all the sponsors that I thought because, okay. of course, I'd never fundraised before. Yeah. I remember having a conversation with my mother and I'm like, well, I'm in the red. Yeah. Like, how do I get, you know, to the black? Mm -hmm. And so I'm telling her about all this lavish stuff. Oh, these centerpieces, they're like 400 a piece. She's like, yeah. first of all, <laughs> why do you need $400 centerpieces? So I'm like, because it's my vision and Diddy. And yeah. she's like, uh -uh, uh -uh. <laughs> think about all the events you've gone to in the past. Think about even your high school commencement, all of yeah. those keynote speakers. People are there to celebrate their friends. They're yeah. not talking about your centerpiece. Mm. They're not talking about this exquisite menu. And I yeah. said, you know what? You're right. Mm -hmm. So I was able to scale down, okay. trim a lot of fat. And I have to give a uh, shout out to Beverly Robertson. She oh, really yeah, was yeah. a mentor in a sense. Okay. Um, just from one Delta to another, I was able to lean on her. And she also said, look, you don't need all that lavish stuff. Yeah. Like, what do you have to build towards? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I was able to cut it in half. Because okay. it was, again, <laughs> off the chain crazy. Um, but so 40000 was okay. that first budget for the wow. first year. Yeah. And that was for 350 people. Now we do it for uh, about 700 Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Look, I, one of the things that I admire about your company and the work that you've been able to do also is your ability to build community. Mm -hmm. And I know we met going yeah. back a little bit. You were uh, still with the Urban League, young yeah, professional, yeah. Uh, president. Were you the president? I was at the, the time? president. That, okay. A lot of my my footing came from there too. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. I think I moved back to Memphis your last year as the president. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, we met at a networking event, and you yeah. gave me a booth. Uh, for the t-shirt company that I was running. And I believe in paying it for it, right? Yeah. You got to give people opportunities. For sure. Yeah. And that was really my introduction uh, to a lot of Memphis entrepreneurs, right? Mm. Coming in through that event. Yeah. Uh, I guess the question I, I want to ask you is more so around marketing, right? Mm. Uh, and building community because mm. I've seen you do it from the Urban League mm -hmm. and, and organize all mm -hmm. the way up to, you know, doing the events that you do now. Yeah. What is your thought process when it comes around building community and marketing? And how, how do you stay in front of people? Mm. Well, number one, it has to be organic. Organic, I okay. think we're in a day and age, of course, social media, the thing, TikTok is a new thing. Like, there's always the next platform that you have to stay relevant on, mm -hmm. but it has to speak to people. Okay. You know, I feel like I can't throw everything at them at once. Mm -hmm. um, I'm always conscious of an early bird special, right? Yeah. Who does not like to save money, <laughs> with, especially with all the stuff that I do? But making sure they understand, hey, we got this new event coming up. Okay. This, this is what it costs. Yeah. And then kind of trickling in and sharing with them the different elements that are part of the event. So for me, that's how I keep my marketing mm -hmm. um, in front of people because they're like, okay, well, she's not giving out all the details on this yeah. flyer. And it's like a trillion things crammed on the flyer. Okay. You know, you just gotta gotta follow and see what else is up and coming. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So um you were saying that the early bird special, I know like mm -hmm. those are some of those little those things that you kind of mm -hmm. learn as you go. What are some of those other things like you've learned? Just those small things, and it's mm -hmm. always the small things that make the biggest, you know, difference in the business. Have you seen mm -hmm. anything else that kind of falls in that category that you've been able to do to market and, and really differentiate yourself from your competition? Hmm, that's a good question. I think outside of the early bird special, I think it's about um, the elements that I'm introducing. Okay. Um, it's not just your typical event. I know that uh, we love food. Yeah. We love um, trying different things. So I think it's about keeping the menu unique, making sure I'm using kind of the newer, hottest chefs that are a part of an event or the food trucks. And also... We like new stuff. Yeah. So I'm always really, in, in it taps into the community, making sure I understand, well, who are the newer people opening up businesses? Just always okay. making sure I'm being mindful of that so I can bring them into the fold. And and again, like you mentioned, mm -hmm. 
I don't have a problem with giving people, you know, free booths or waiving a fee for registration because mm -hmm. I understand I have to give them a platform and, and get them in front of people. So, you know, you, you, you karma, right? Yeah. You reap what you Yeah, sow. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that we've been able to do uh, in our working relationship, right? Mm -hmm. It's always been a give and take. And I know anything that you've stepped into, yeah. you've brought us right behind you, uh, you know, pretty, pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Um, let me ask you this. I think uh, this is this is a question, more of a selfish question, right? Um, as an entrepreneur, we hit the wall all the time. Yes. And if you don't anticipate that in your business, you're already, you're really starting with the wrong intentions, right? Because Absolutely. it's always different things that you have to learn. Mm -hmm. What is that point in your business where you maybe hit the wall? And what was the thing that you needed to learn during that experience to help you go to the next level? Yes, that's some great questions. I think for me, as an event planner, it's understanding selfishly what events do I love and want okay. to keep versus which ones that the community really seem to enjoy the most. Gotcha. Um, you know, out of, out of the 13 I have now, it may be about five or six that, you know, we one and done kind of thing. Okay. So I think it's just being um, mindful of um, your audience at mm -hmm. all times. So you analyze a lot of data. Absolutely. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, even, you know, how hard was it to sell this event versus the mm. next event? Like, I pay attention to all of that. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. I'm curious, who do you study? Creating all the success that you've created, who are you looking at? Who's on your radar? <laughs> Honestly, I can't say I study anyone um, in Memphis. Okay. But I do... Um, Pay attention. Actually, one of the um, awardees for 40 Under 40, Carlene Roy. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. She mm -hmm. has an incredible brand. Yeah. I love her story because she left Memphis, worked for Diddy. Ironic. Didn't know that at yeah, the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she's done some amazing events. She more so deals with celebrity clients. So okay. her budgets are crazy big. Mm -hmm. um, whereas mine are more you know, local, dealing with the community. But I really do uh, study her. And I honestly, I advise anyone, and I learned this in the Urban League, you have to look at what's happening in other cities. Okay. Don't say so focus on what's in the present in your city, you mm -hmm. know, paying attention to what's going on in Dallas, DC, California. Yeah. That really keeps me ahead of the game too. And you know, I can kind of see it in the events too, right? Because it's always a little bit different every always. time. It's different elements. Yeah. Uh and, and you know, with social media, it allows us to be connected to so many different places now. Mm -hmm. So it is people are expecting these experiences because of what they see, right? Absolutely. I'm gonna tell you, I just went to um Blue Note Jazz. Festival in Napa Valley. So okay. Robert Glasper, Dave Chappelle decided, you know, to do a <laughs> festival last year. So yeah. this was the second time they did it. Selfishly, I went because I'm a fan of yeah, both. Yeah, uh -huh. But also, once I went there, I'm like, okay, first of all, it's Napa Valley. Mm -hmm. You know, wine country, and then the <laughs> chefs. It was like, okay, I got I got to step my game up okay. and just seeing what other people in the country are doing. You have to physically go sometimes too. Yeah, absolutely. So let's do this. We know okay. we jump right into the business, right? Let's right. rewind just a little what you bit. Got? From Atlanta, mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about your background. How how how, how were you raised? How did you grow up? Mm, Atlanta. I grew up in the Swats, okay. Southwest ATL. Uh, <laughs> grew up loving Outcast, Goody Mob. Um, but honestly, middle class family, two parent household, older brother who <laughs> truly influenced my my musical taste. Okay. So I'm like twelve. <laughs> he's sixteen. He's playing. 8-Ball, MJG, UGK, Scarface, stuff I should not be listening to. <laughs> and I didn't even understand it at 12, but yeah. it was just speaking to me, especially 8-Ball, MJG. Okay. I mean, coming out hard, I knew all the words. Yeah. I didn't know I was saying bad <laughs> words, but um, I don't, music was in my DNA. Now, my mom 
uh, funny enough, she ended up being the first entrepreneur that I okay. was made aware of. Didn't know it until much, much later in life. Okay. Um, but my mother was a chief probational officer for juvenile court. Okay. She wanted to create a safe haven for kids. So gotcha. we're talking in 93. Uh, she decided to open up a teenage club. Hmm. And uh, this is off Campbellton Road. Okay. If, if you're an outcast fan, you've heard Campbellton Road before. And um, as a 13-year-old, mm-hmm. I worked in the concession stand. Okay. So every weekend, <laughs> again, of course, we're playing all the great songs, but, you know, no profanity. Yeah. You know, we're selling, you know, soda and, mm-hmm. and slushies, but, you know, in the, in the kid-friendly way. But from 93 until 98, when I graduated high school, I'm seeing Outkast, Usher, TLC, mm-hmm. Devin Campbell, like... I'm just not aware, like this isn't normal, Uh (laughs) (laughs) you know, but she kept that club open for about 10 years. And so again, going to college, seeing what it was like to be in a black business, but it still was like, oh, I'm just going to get a regular job, get my degree and just live a great life, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's really like, that's the DNA of my childhood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I know your background, you went to school for HR. I did. Not even that. Here's another funny story you Uh definitely don't know about me. (laughs) I was actually a vegetarian in in college. My brother, big brother influences everything. So first it went from, okay, we saw Malcolm X, Uh, autobiography of Malcolm X. Okay, I see where we're going with this. Then he went to, okay, no meat. And he would just send me these brochures of the most disturbing things. So I became a vegetarian. (laughs) Okay. And I said, you know what? I'm going to create my own vegetarian product line. So I actually started as a food science major at Alabama University. And by the time I graduated, I said, yeah, I don't want to be in a lab all day by myself. So then grad school, that's when I got the HR. Okay. Okay. And so you started your HR career in Atlanta. And then how did the transition to Memphis happen? Mm-hmm. The hard, cold truth. Yeah. Economy crashed. Yeah. Yeah. Economy crashed in 2008. I had my first job, had two degrees, mm-hmm. and I just thought I had it going on. Yeah. And of course, being the newest employee, I was the first one laid off. Okay. And Kelvin, I really thought that. Being laid off, I got two degrees. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that Kanye song. Yeah, yeah. I got all the degrees in the world. <laughs> I can find a job tomorrow. And that really led into a year of me being unemployed. Mm. And, you know, you kind of just have a moment where you're like, okay, I'm really, and I really was at a, in a, a depression at the time. I didn't know it. Yeah, I really yeah. kind of, you know, shut off my friends, my family, just. Yeah. You're almost disappointed. It's you know, depression is like that. You don't realize it almost until you're coming out of I'm it. I'm telling yeah. you, and I just felt like such a failure mm-hmm. because I did everything right. Yeah. But yeah. I can't find a job. And you just it was just a moment of in this really, really dark place, mm-hmm. praying, crying, talking to God. And I literally heard God say, You need to move. Okay. Okay, God, well, where you move? I don't yeah. have no money. <laughs> How did that work? <laughs> and really, I woke up, the you know, that was late at night, but I woke up the next day thinking about, okay, who do I know in other cities? And so a really good friend of mine, Alicia Sample, okay. uh, we had met at, in Alabama working at Best Buy. That mm-hmm. was just one of my, you know, jobs. Gotcha. Um, um, and so she was one of the people I called. And okay. I'm telling her what was going on. She said, I got a room for you. Mm-hmm. And I literally packed up everything I could in my car and moved to Memphis. Yeah. I knew from research that you all had, you know, FedEx, you had Holiday Inn, you had International Paper. So I'm thinking, okay, I can definitely find a job. And in two weeks, I found a job. Okay. Just like that. So when you go from a year of being unemployed to, Mm -hmm. okay, I've just taken a chance to move to a new city, 
I felt that, okay, I can be here for two years. Yeah. I, yeah. Can, I can stick around for a while. For sure. Yeah. And how long have you been in Memphis now? <laughs> 14 years. 14 years. Wow. You're a Miffian now. You know, after you, I, five I years, it. you're a Miffian. I take <laughs> another funny story. This has nothing to do with your show, but I yeah. got to. You know. like, you're fine. Okay. <laughs> My second day here. So okay. I lived in Whitehaven. Okay. Off Neely and Rains when I moved here. Day two. I went to Pressure World mm -hmm. because I knew Eight Ball and MJG was gonna be there For with sure. the candy cars. I went there; it was nobody there. I yeah, was so hurt. The glory days of of Orange Mountain and that community. Yeah, we that was oh nine. It was yeah. a little different. Yeah, we got we got to do uh, we got to help restore that community. For oh, sure. absolutely. So I know, Cynthia, we we actually kind of met in a pivotal point in your career because mm -hmm. I know I was already uh, in the t-shirt space, right? We were. And we had been doing some work together, but yeah. I kind of saw the transition from corporate to entrepreneurship. I never saw it. Yeah. Well, I, from the outside looking in, I saw you were working and yeah. I saw you were doing these events and then I saw, okay, I'm full time in this. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. What was that? What was the mindset behind that? Because I know for a lot of people that's listening or mm -hmm. maybe even watching this, mm -hmm. uh, they may be a full time entrepreneur right now. Right. Mm -hmm. And they got a passion to do something, but they don't, yeah. they're afraid to take that step. Like, and I know a lot of times you don't recognize it in doing it, but you can kind of look back and be like, mm -hmm. yo, this is kind of the mindset that, that helped me propel. What, what were you thinking during that time? So I think for me, and, and thankfully because of the Urban League, it really allowed me to get my footing into the event space because gotcha. I wanted to create new fun things for the chapter that I saw in every other chapter across the country. So I was almost doing events and planning full time as much as I was working full time. Okay. So my schedule for about three years before, again, understanding I'm an entrepreneur, it was just all Urban League for me. I would get up at four in the morning, so from four to eight. I would work on all Urban League related things, event okay. related things, go to work all day, and then maybe another three, four hours after work. And okay. that was just my routine Monday to Friday gotcha. every week. Mm. Um, so that's really where it started. But the mindset, you have to believe in yourself. Yeah, um, You're going to get a lot of doubters, a lot of people saying that's not going to work. Nobody's going to be interested. But you have to just have that tunnel vision and know that with your faith and belief in yourself, you can get it done. Yeah. Again, me doing Memphis Black Restaurant Week. Mm -hmm. A lot of naysayers. Yeah. Nobody's going to support that. Why does why is the word black in there? Yeah. I mean, just so many doubtful people. For sure. But for me, it was about creating something that I felt was necessary. Yeah. That first year at Black Restaurant Week, what were the numbers? Because I remember it mm -hmm. and I was blown away. And I know every year has just increased since. Like, it's crazy. What was the first year and where are you guys at now? So the first year, I just, I got to say this too. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping for 100 people mm. to participate because I'm just a community <laughs> organizer. I like doing fun things in the city. Yeah. And I felt like, okay, if 100 people participate, I did something great. Yeah. We had 3,000 people participate the first year, yeah. purely from a social media campaign. $85,000 spent in one week. Wow. Everybody pretty much quadrupled their business. Yeah. It was in that moment I knew. I need to be doing this. For sure. <laughs> now, the uh, the restaurants that participate, what mm -hmm. is the residual uh, effect after the event is done? What have you mm -hmm. seen? I know that you used to post a stat about how many people got employed, and that was probably the biggest thing that blew me away. You know, and, and honest, I need to get back to that. I think after mm -hmm. the pandemic, it just changed so much. Yeah. But it really helps people to reinvest in their business, meaning some people are able to purchase new flatware, yep. you know, they're able to hire new staff, they're able to purchase new furniture. Mm -hmm. Some people have gotten catering vans. Some people were able to put a deposit on a bigger venue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just seen so many amazing things that come out of that. And, okay. and 
them to finally invest in marketing and advertising. Yeah. They see the benefit <laughs> of it after the week. Like, oh, that's why you did all this with sure. the flyers and the social media mm -hmm. and keeping people engaged. I'm like, yeah, if, as long as you're posting pretty pictures of food every day, the people are coming. Yeah. But if you got the flyer from last year on there and nothing else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta it be doesn't consistent. help. Gotta Talk to me consistent. about the marketing piece and, and mm -hmm. just that social media strategy. Once you're thinking about an event, yeah. what is your, and I'm curious, how do you even break down an event once you're thinking about, I got this idea. What mm. is the steps that you go mm -hmm. through to make to start this event mm -hmm. uh, and manifest it into reality? Like, What do those steps look like? That's a great question. And again, yeah. <laughs> a lot of it is in my head. I think... Um, once I get a vision, I just work it out up here right. and go with it. I don't always put pen to paper as I should. Okay. Um, well, you know, different things work for different people. For different yeah. people. I'm telling you. And I'm, I'm backwards. Okay. Like once I have all of that <laughs> in my head, okay, but well, what is it going to cost now? Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm kind of already down the road. But it's really about how unique is the event. Okay. That's where I start. I, I never want to create the exact same thing anybody else is doing. Gotcha. Um, venue is important. Location, location, location. Okay. People yeah. say that all mm -hmm. the time. That That's key. Um, and then also having the right elements. Okay. It's Memphis, so it always has to have the hottest DJ and, and the yeah, best yeah, yeah. Uh, live musician. Yeah. That's important. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And um, thinking through, you know, the events and how you organize everything, mm -hmm. these are some massive events. What does your team look like? How many people are on your staff? <laughs> I just got to say, I, Cynthia Daniels and company, uh -huh. I was and company okay. in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> I was everything. Um, but it started with, you know, just me and volunteers eventually. But now I have 25 wow. uh, employees. How does how does that work? How do you manage from coming from the creative side, right? Mm -hmm. And I know you got an HR background, so mm -hmm. you may have had it's some helpful. skills, right? That, yeah, yeah that, that definitely help you. And maybe you can expose some of that to us. But mm -hmm. I know um, coming out of this um, this kind of economic downturn uh, that I don't know if we're in or not, but mm -hmm. we one of the things that suffered heavily was employees, right? People didn't want to go back to work. Absolutely. So continuing to thrive and create these events, uh, how do you manage your staff and how do mm -hmm. you really penetrate your culture down to the deepest part mm -hmm. of your organization so that mm -hmm. everybody performs at, at Chick-fil-A level. Oh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So, you know, the, the best thing that ever happened to me, Kelvin, was the pandemic because it gave me an opportunity to really slow down and really restructure my team. So okay. originally, everybody was just an event coordinator. Gotcha. You know, everybody has the same title. Everybody does the same thing. Whoever's available is available. Mm -hmm. But during that downtime, it really allowed me to tap into that my people skills and the okay. HR sense, trying to understand, well, who enjoys doing what part gotcha. of the events and who's been with me the longest and also creating different levels of operations. So now I have a senior event manager. I have mm -hmm. my regular event managers. I have my lead event coordinators, mm -hmm. my event coordinators, the event assistants. So breaking down um, everybody's skill set yeah, yeah, yeah. based on that title, changing the pay structure a little gotcha. bit. That really created another sense of loyalty and pride in gotcha. people. Like, oh, well, she values what I do, mm -hmm. or she understands I'm more interested in the operations piece, or I'm more interested in the customer service piece, yeah. instead of just, okay, everybody can do everything. For sure. So the restructuring really helped me to create that loyalty. How do you how do you identify that in your team? Is that a, mm -hmm. is that a questionnaire process, or do you just kind of throw them to the wolves and kind of observe? <laughs> a little bit of both. Yeah. I'm telling you, it took me about... Four years to really find the solid staff that I have now. Okay. So for anybody listening, day one is not going to be there. Yeah. What was it's those not. challenges to, to get from where you're at now to 
or then to where you at now with your staff? You know, I think the biggest thing I recognize, people wanted to come to the event for free. Mm, okay. And not work. Gotcha. They wanted to be seen. Like, oh, I got on the 50 Dames and Company yeah, shirt, yeah, yeah. but not willing to put I can see that, yeah. Because I have such a big heart. Mm-hmm. And it was, I just need some help. I'm yeah. tired of doing everything myself. <laughs> um, but really, that's truly where it started. Um, people think events are just this pretty fun thing to go to. They don't know about, okay, we started at 5 o'clock in the morning today. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to leave until about midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah. They don't understand the grind yeah. that goes into it. So I think... Some people recognize, you know what? I just, I just like coming to your stuff. I don't yeah. really want to work it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> they realize how much work goes into it's it. It's yeah. real work, but I also recognize that some of my team members they live for events. You know, I have some people, of course, by law, I have to give you the break. Yeah. They're like I don't want no break. I just yeah, want to yeah. help here. And I'm like, but you have to take yeah. one. So you just really pay attention to people that are passionate about it and have that same level of dedication that I do. Okay. Man, you got so much information surrounding the whole event planning space. Mm -hmm. If people wanted to learn from you, is there an opportunity to do that? So, you know what I recognize, Kelvin, Mm -hmm. is that, so, so, okay, here's, here's a lesson in the lesson. Gotcha. So there was a time where I did a black bridal expo in the Pipkin building. Mm -hmm. And if anybody knows the Pipkin building, it's a pretty massive space, but there's also kind of this back room um, where really kind of, I guess people put um, for storage. They use it for storage space. For me, I saw it as an opportunity to make some money. I said, okay, but if I got a black bridal expo going on here, I have to create something in this back space. I can't just leave it there. And really, that's kind of when I was still kind of new, up and coming. So people were just constantly asking me questions. So I said, you know what? We need to have an event planners conference. And and it it was not about me. It was Mm -hmm. about bringing in a different type of event planners. Gotcha. You know, so I had a wedding coordinator. I had someone that was uh, doing more social events. Just a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so for me, I felt it was very, it was very educational. Okay. But the thing that, I didn't see convey. People were looking for kind of this magical experience mm-hmm. of this this kit. Yeah. Here's this event planner kit in this one day. Now you yeah. go be great. Mm-hmm. We can plant the seed, but we can't promise you the next thing. You have to keep working on it. Yeah. And yeah. so for me, I'm I'm not an educator. I'm not yeah. a teacher. You know, again, <laughs> I'm still an introvert deep down inside. So for me, it was you know what? If anybody wants to learn something specifically from me. We can do a consultation one-on-one. Gotcha. But creating this platform, again, uh, and I've just seen better people do it. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll be unfair. I've seen people mm. that they create the vendor list. They've got these binders. They've yeah. got, you know, the starter kit. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. me, it was just come learn from some greats that are doing it. But some people are really looking for that fundamental stuff. Gotcha, and that's gotcha. just, I wasn't in that space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So let me ask you this, uh, more of a business question, right? Okay. Uh, and it's about investing. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you started to get traction with your business, like mm-hmm. what was the mindset when it came to reinvesting in the business? What were some of the things you said, look, this is my next purchase. This isn't the next thing that I need to do. What was your mindset around taking profits from the business and reinvesting it so that it can get to where it's at today? Sure. And I think I got a plug uh, t-shirt lab here. It was really uh, investing in my brand. Okay. So I can't just keep telling my staff, hey, y'all, everybody, we're all black. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have to look the part. So it was investing um, in in logo polo shirts. And again, Mm -hmm. making sure I support you. You Mm -hmm. were the person that did that for me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that was important. Um, Investing in a website. Okay. 
Kelvin, I did not have a website. I was just out here on Eventbrite. <laughs> just here the link to this, here's the link to that. But to have an actual domain, investing in, you know, products that would help my staff, okay. really sending them to different training. Mm -hmm. You know, okay. not necessarily event planning, but more customer service training. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, conflict resolution. Oh, that's cool. Those yeah. type of things. Because sometimes at events, you don't know what kind of person you're going to get. Yeah, but yeah, you yeah. have to have an, an even personality, mm -hmm. even kill. So, you know, you're able to, you know, make sure it's dissolved and not have to come get me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So with so much success, you know, that you've been able to see with all of your events, I'm always curious, how do you keep like the passion for what you're doing without burning out? Because that's a big thing. <laughs> it's a big, big thing. I've burnt out many, many, many yeah. times. You know, as much as I love events, I always have to unplug. Okay. And I mean, literally... You know, after every big event, I need two, three days of just nothing. Gotcha. I need silence. I need time to recharge. I need time to really um, bounce back so I can kind of evaluate mm -hmm. everything that happened. Gotcha. Um, and the passion is there. It's purely because of the people. Mm -hmm. The smiling faces, the people that are sharing their feedback on social media, the, yeah. the uh, reels, all of that. Sure. When I see that, it's like, you know what? It was worth that. 13, 14 hour day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that um I know that has to be a big part of it, right? Because mm -hmm. your events are so heavily publicized, right? Yeah. They trend for weeks after the event is over. So I know uh I know I, I'll be curious just to kind of see how you look at these uh the trends and things like that on yeah. social media after you've done such a good job. Like how how does that make you feel when you see your event being relived through social media? It's it's so rewarding. And I'll tell you, look looking at reels, and I love reels because again, that it's that instant data. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I can get about ten thousand views mm -hmm. on a reel, mm. that means I got everybody's attention. Yeah, that yeah. means you were either there and you're looking for yourself, or you hate you missed it and you're yeah. trying to get every part of it so you can go to the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's dope. I, I like seeing them too because I'm looking for myself in the picture. I'm like, all right, yeah, cool. Let me take yeah. this and repost it. <laughs> Let me ask you this, uh, okay. education wise, right? Mm -hmm. Who and I know I asked you who do you study, who are you looking at, but mm -hmm. more so specific on the education uh, ritual or uh, ritual or routine. Is mm -hmm. there a reading ritual that you do? Is there something that you're listening to on a daily basis? Like, what does education for you look like? I think for me, again, it kind of goes back to looking outside of the market. Okay, um, I'm really heavy on following um, just really cool festivals. Gotcha. I feel right. like festivals because that's it's such a blank canvas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got your food festivals, you got your wine festivals, you got just a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. So I just like to kind of watch what's new and up and coming in the festival space. Matter of fact, I just went to one in Pittsburgh. Okay. It's called Barrel and Flow. Okay. So basically, the space where they've created um, an opportunity for uh, breweries that are African American or have partnered with the minority. And they basically take over this section in Pittsburgh and it's just, I'm not even a beer drinker, Yeah. but I was curious to see what it looked like. For sure. So you've got your live music, you've got your different food trucks. Uh, Bill Street Brewing Company was actually oh, yeah. there. Yeah. Is that uh, Kelvin? Kelvin? Yeah. Other Kelvin. For sure. uh -huh. <laughs> he was there. So it was just interesting to see what are happening in the different markets. Okay. Um, what got people excited? You know, we like free stuff. We like swag bags. We like branded this, branded that. So just kind of taking all that in yeah. and able to transcend and create something similar um, but in a whole different space. Like okay. I'm not gonna do a, a, a black beer festival in Memphis. Yeah. But there were just elements from it that I could 
incorporate in existing events or something in the future? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, in my education process, it's the same, right? I always try to identify a handful of conferences every year that I can go. You have to. And a lot of times, you know, I'm a big advocate for buying VIP, uh, but... A lot of times, too, I buy general admission because really? I just, yeah, sometimes I show up because I don't want the pressure of, you know, trying to get something out of the event or networking and connecting as I much as I'm just observing what's going on right? and seeing how everything flows. So that's a hmm. big part of education, right? Just going to different, especially in your space, going to different, you know, events and, and taking different Absolutely. things. Absolutely. Yeah. A couple more questions for you. You're good. Um, I'm having fun. Cool, cool. Look, um, mistakes uh, that entrepreneurs in this space make right. you've kind of gotten over the hump right uh and you you're thriving as an entrepreneur what are some of the common mistakes you see new event planners make as they enter into this um to this world of you know planning and organizing mm-hmm. so the thing that i've noticed the most with a lot of event planners uh-huh. they spend a lot of money on branding they launch this website they have these photo shoots they do all of these things to let the world know I'm an event planner, but you haven't planned anything. Mm. And I want people to understand there's power in volunteering. Okay. There's power in helping people in the space to get your your feet wet. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I volunteered in the Urban League five years. Five years not getting paid of creating cool things. Yeah. Just purely out of the passion. Mm -hmm. So by the time I launched my business, I had all this data. Yeah, yeah, I had yeah. all this. What I did. I've done this, 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 this. So I would say, don't spend all your money mm-hmm. on the brand. Save money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And work with other people. For me, I actually even outside of the Urban League, I work with a wedding planner. Okay. I do not plan weddings. <laughs> I respect anybody you do that can plan do weddings. Yeah. But Andrea Lewis of uh, Andrea Lewis Events, uh, she allowed me to just kind of shadow her, okay. work with her, and understand what the logistics are. Okay. And I think for me, that's really why I start everything on time because learning from a wedding planner, there yeah. is no do-over. It yeah, is yeah, everybody sure. feel, let's go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's dope. Yeah. So look, uh, as we kind of close out a little bit, I just want to kind of know what's what's next for you. Like, what do you, what is your vision? I think that's a, that's, I'm interested in that, right? <laughs> because I know sometimes we start these companies and they take on a whole new life of their own and they even sometimes exceed our expectations. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's the case for you, but I'm just curious, like with all this success, what's mm-hmm. next? What are you setting your sights on? So definitely for me, it's still building uh, up my team, pouring okay. into my team, developing them, um, empowering them to manage an event by themselves, 100% without me being mm-hmm. there. Okay. Because at some point, Kelvin, I want to step back allow my brand to manage itself. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to be at every event Mm -hmm. from 5 a.m. to 1 a.m. So that's really important to me because it's going to give me even more freedom to just enjoy the fruits of my life. That's really where I'm at. I'm excited for you to get to that point. Thank you. And you're going to get there at the rate that y'all growing, man. Good night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, look, Cynthia, I want to personally give you your flowers, right? Do a great job. Thank uh, you. Thank you for everything that you've brought to the city. I've been a beneficiary of it. My family has been a beneficiary <laughs> of it. Thank so you. I want to give you your flowers and say thank you. And I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on the show. Sharing hey, with come our... on. We go way back, yeah, my friend. Yeah, yeah. I'm so proud of you. I, I want to give you your flowers as well, man. You, it's been you. amazing to see you build a brand, do something different. And I'm just 
enjoying what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm just like you. I'm just having fun, right? It's supposed to be fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's supposed to be just exploring, you know, what's next. That's right. So I want to be, I want people to be able to keep up with you, okay. right? So if you would uh, give them your contact information, sure. best way for them to keep up with you. Okay. And then uh, any closing advice. Listen, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. This has been amazing. Cynthia, like I said, thank you. If you guys are getting value out of this content, what I need for you guys to do is subscribe, turn on the notifications. As we continue to bring out more interviews like this, you guys will be the first ones to know. Also, I'm going to leave all of Cynthia's information down in the description below. Do me a favor. Go reach out. Subscribe to all her platforms. Make sure you guys follow her so that you can be a part of some of these amazing events uh, that she has going on. Look, Cynthia, if you would, give everybody uh, an opportunity to keep up with you, your contact information, and any closing advice. Listen, you've already given us so much game, <laughs> but any other uh, closing advice that you have, we would greatly appreciate it. Sure. So you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. So Instagram, Sin Daniels Co. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Cynthia Daniels and Company. Uh, I have a website dedicated just to all of my events, right? Okay. So there's one for services, but if you just want to know all the events that are coming up, cdcofestivals.com. Okay. Um, but if you're looking from the client perspective, cdcoevents.com. I had to think about that. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> for a um, advice. I would say in my space, be true to yourself. There's no need to copy anybody when you can create whatever you want to yeah. see. There, there is an audience for you. There are followers for you, but you have to create it and they will come. Yeah. yeah. Man, you're going to get us started back. That's such a dope perspective because I do think a lot of people try to compare themselves and try to mimic when really you got greatness in you, right? And Absolutely. all you got to do is listen to their voice inside. Just like you've done. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Listen to their voice. Listen, you're going to get us started back up. As you continue to grow <laughs> and create success, yeah. can we get you back on the show? Absolutely. I'm here. Cool deal. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Listen, guys, until next time, I need y'all to stay tapped in. and We'll see you on the next episode.